Welcome back. My name is Kit. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things with another patron-demanded episode. This time, it's 1987's Spaceballs. Spaceballs. From Mel Brooks. Oh, yeah. Uh, This was demanded specifically by patron of the show, Jason Hawkins. Oh, from the city of the Stranger Things is based in? Yeah. Wow. Also, brother of Sadie Hawkins oh. of the titular Sadie Hawkins dance. <laughs> wow. You've got such a pedigree. <laughs> Thank a, you so much. It's a storied family, those Hawkins. That's right. Thank you for choosing this film. Big fan of this movie as a kid. Haven't seen it in a long time, so it was fun to revisit. If you've never listened to the show before, what we're going to do is we'll talk about our overall thoughts, go back and forth, and then typically we do kind of a play-by-play, scene-by-scene. We'll do our best. This is uh, one of those goofier movies to do that kind of thing with, Uh, but we've seen it so many times. Should be easy to do. Lots of fun stuff to talk about. Uh, Steve, I can imagine uh, this is quite a treat for you as such a Star Wars fan. Would you say that you were a delighted Spaceballs fan because of that as well? Is this something that is a, has a storied history with you? This movie does have a storied history in my life. In fact, I, I just want to sit, at, sit step aside for a second and mm-hmm. point out how funny I think it is that we're reviewing Spaceballs before reviewing any of the Star Wars movies. I know. I still think <laughs> we've never talked about the Star Wars. That's I funny. I know. It's just so because I'm such a huge fan of Star Wars. But Spaceballs, as it is, was a movie that got a lot, and I mean a lot, of play at my house. Growing up, there was a point in my life where I'm not joking when I say I had the entire movie memorized front to back. I can literally sit there and just quote the movie from beginning to end because I watched it that many times and knew it so well. Uh, And obviously, a lot of the love I have for it does stem from the fact that I am such a huge Star Wars fan. And this is this is the parody, the type of parody movie that is done right, where and Mel Brooks is like the, the the best at it. Yeah. Because not only he is parodying something, but he's parodying it in a way that is so respectful and has such reverence for the material that they're parodying. And I think that just makes the movie fun. It makes it, it's not mean spirited, which a lot of parodies I feel like can kind of dip into that mean spiritedness. Yeah, you don't sense a disdain for Star Wars watching this movie. Yeah, I, it, I know what you mean. It's having fun with the property, and I think that's so quintessential for enjoying a parody movie. And and also, if you really kind of step back, it it if even if it wasn't directly making fun of Star Wars, it, it does have a, a fairy tale story of its own that works, mm-hmm. right? So even without all the jokes about a very specific property, it has a story that works on its own. And I think that's... That's really, really great. And, you know, there's a lot of funny things in this movie. Like, I I haven't seen this movie in years, right? I used to watch it all the time as a kid. I have not seen it in probably 15 years at least. And I was just having just a rush of nostalgia just constantly hitting me like, oh, yeah, that that line was funny. I quote that all the time. Like, I think I've quoted this movie a ton on this show because I know I've quoted like, uh, you know, when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. Like I say that type of shit all the time. And it's, I bet she it's gives from good this helmet. I bet she gives great, great helmet. <laughs> uh, the whole like, give me Paul. That's something my mom and I used to do when I was growing up. Like when we were just driving around and something cool would happen, my mom would be like, give me Paul. And we'd be like, it was, yeah, it was just a fun, this is such a fun time. I'm so thankful to uh, Jason for suggesting this movie because I loved going down memory lane with this one. What about you, man? Next week, we're reviewing Blue Harvest. We're going to keep it going. <laughs> are, you, are you a fan? Yeah, I love Blue Harvest, yeah. baby. 
Because <laughs> it's got the guy with the popsicles guy as Obi Wan. The popsicles guy. Yeah. And I got some popsicles. Oh, the Herbert, the yeah. pervert. Yeah. <laughs> got some popsicles. Yeah, that guy. Use He's... the false Luke. It's in my pocket. <laughs> Just reach out in there and fish it out. He's, He's a gem, that guy. Uh, I was a big fan, too, but it's funny because I wasn't a Star Wars fan as a kid until, I mean, I was, but it was like at the time, retroactively, people like them now because that's how the fandom works. But at the time, nobody liked the the prequels. Oh, yeah. The pre- and I yeah. grew up on the prequels. I liked the prequels, but not so much the originals as a kid. Um, I had like pod uh, racing toys and stuff. and Wizard. Uh, anyway. Uh, but I liked Spaceballs a lot, especially as like a young teen. Like as soon as I started smoking pot and stuff, it was one, you know, we ain't found shit. You know, <laughs> like I just I would say that all the time. Like it's, it's I liked parodies. I like scary movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, the analog to to the Mel Brooks canon, the best analog would be um, Mike Myers and the stuff that he was doing with uh, specifically Austin Powers yeah. and, and the James Bond franchise. Spy, spy movies. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, again, I don't think. I think those are goofy and hilarious, but they're not shitting on people that like spy movies or anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just a big fan of Spaceballs and Mel Brooks's oeuvre in general. Uh, we reviewed uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights pretty recently. Tight tights. Which came out six years after this movie. Um, wow. Really? Yeah. It's a 1993 film, I believe. Oh, I didn't. I, you know, I didn't. You're right. I didn't put that together. To me, it, Robin Hood Men in Tights just feels like a movie that would come up before Spaceballs. And it's interesting. It's got that uh, um, uh, wizened woman protecting the princess's virginity bit in, in, both. Is in both movies. Yeah. Um, and so he's just stuck on that, I guess. But also, it's interesting to imagine this movie in 1987. I mean, th- Star Wars has always been popular since 1977. But this has got to be like... A, a height of fever. 19, it's four years after Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. People are craving for more content or whatever, right? Yeah. But uh, I don't know if any of those uh, now decanonized books were out yet, but they're probably being written. And, I'm sure uh, Splinter of the Mind's Eye at least was still was out at that point. Maybe the Thrawn trilogy is starting yeah, to come so out. The Thrawn stuff's being cooked up. Everybody's chomping at the bit for the comics and all that stuff. So they were probably, I don't, I didn't look at how successful Spaceballs was. Okay. Was it? So the Thrawn trilogy was not out until the night until 91. There you go. Uh, uh, so I did look up this movie had an estimated budget of around 22.7 million and grossed 38, a little over 38 million during its run in the U S. Mm. So not like a runaway hit, but probably like a, a, a video hit. Yeah, I think this movie definitely probably be, it's because it's a, it's a cult classic. Everybody loves Spaceballs. I haven't met a single person who hates this movie. No, nobody hates Spaceballs or yeah. any Mel Brooks movie, really. Um, unless you're just not into like slapstick comedy, right? Yeah, if you're not into slapstick, it probably wouldn't work for you. But oh my gosh, the if you jokes. just hate Michael Winslow for, and you're a terrible person, <laughs> who hates Michael Winslow? The man's an institution. He's yeah. a national treasure. Yeah. On the, on the DVD commentary of. Uh, Spaceballs, Mel Brooks, is, they, you get to Michael Winslow's scene and Mel Brooks is like, oh, yeah, he does all the, you know, it's, it's Michael Winslow. Yeah. He does. He's like, yeah, he saved us a thousand dollars because we didn't have to put the sound effects in. <laughs> That's like, you hire him to save money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're, you're getting returns when you hire Michael Winslow for sure. But I was telling you before we started recording, like I had forgotten that the president from um, uh, Independence Day was the main character of this movie. Bill, Bill Pullman. Pullman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Relatively unknown at this time, Bill Pullman. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting to see him, his comedy chops. He's hilarious. He's good. 
I think he's so like he's very good at his facial expressions are incredible in this movie. Like every time uh, Barf's tail hits him in the cockpit, like the many different ways his yeah. face reacts to it is hilarious. And you're playing time. alongside John Candy. You know, yeah. it's that's a tough spot to be in. And Mel Brooks, of course, fucking Joan Rivers as the uh, C-3PO um, dot matrix. There we go. So, so so dot matrix is actually played by um, a different woman. I'm try- I didn't I didn't have I'm kind of trying to bring her name up. But so they filmed the entire movie with this different woman who's in the suit. And I guess it was kind of a situation where, like, she doesn't have a good comedy voice, according to Mel Brooks. It was like, like a Scarlett was, Johansson and her kind of thing. Yeah, where they, they filmed the whole movie with it with her. And he's like, she's such a great physical comedian in that suit. She did such a great job, but her voice wasn't there. So they hired Joan Rivers. So all of Joan Rivers' lines were added in after they filmed the entire movie. Huh. Uh, it's the actress that played that physically plays Top Matrix is an actress named Lorene Yarnell Jansen. Interesting. Yeah. Were there any jokes? Because you said you haven't seen it in 15 years. I probably haven't seen it in 20, not to one up you, uh, <laughs> not to five up you. Were there any jokes where you were like, I 100% did not get that oh, yeah. when I was 12? Oh, 100%. So I, the last time I saw this movie, I was in my late teens. Was yeah, the last I was time probably I saw 15, it. maybe. And I remember watching it in my late teens and the whole, I bet she gives great helmet line went completely over my head as a kid. I had no idea. Like it didn't even occur to me like, Oh, uh, that's weird. Yeah. Why would she wear a helmet? Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but as a teenager, I'm a like, cyclist? ah, dicks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't get a joke until last night. Really? Because like I said, I was 15. I don't think I'd probably seen Alien, but I was definitely not like a, a film buff or anything. Oh, you didn't yet, realize right? it was John Hurt? I did not recognize. I'm sure I didn't. I don't know this for a fact, but watching it last night, I was like, Oh, that's fucking John Hurt. Yeah. This is hilarious. And they hired like a, a Sigourney Weaver stand in and all kinds of shit to stand there with her or uh, with him. Uh, and the whole alien bit. Oh, no, not again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. Oh, um, th- there was a joke that I, I picked up on last night that I had never before. It was the snotty like lock one, lock two, lock three, lock Loman. Oh, yeah. The Scottish guy. Yeah. That like, was I, hilarious. I, lock Loman was something that never hit until last time. I'm like, oh, oh especially funny. with He's subtitles Scottish. on and it switches to L O C H. Yeah. Um, just real subtle stuff that it, it benefits from rewatching. Um, but I think those are the two major things. Everything else is pretty silly. And, and um, Oh, you're right. They do have dot matrix listed, uh, uh, with both actresses here. I didn't notice that. Um, everything else is pretty straightforward. I think, do you know how they came to call the movie Spaceballs or got to the word Spaceballs? I mean, it's so random that that's like the the alien species and everything, but no. I fucking love this story. So apparently the original title for the movie was supposed to be called Planet Moron, which, you know, kind of on the nose, yeah. right? Uh, but they, they had to change uh, tack because as they're writing the movie, they became aware there's already a British science fiction movie called Morons from Outer Space. Mm. And so like, ah, oh, that's too close to the... So they were trying to, they were sitting down. It was Mel Brooks, uh, Ronnie Graham and Thomas, me and the, the three writers of this movie, one of which is actually the priest. I think that's um, Ronnie Graham is the priest. Um, so they're all sitting in a room and they're, they're, they're going through the alphabet and basically like, okay, the first word is space and then we need another word. And so they're just coming up with random ass words, space, whatever, space, whatever. And then at one point, I think it was Mel Brooks spilled his drink and he just goes, ah, balls. 
<laughs> and Ronnie Graham goes, Spaceballs! And that's how they came up with the title of the movie. Genius. Someone spilling a drink and yelling, Balls! <laughs> It's so interesting because I love the I love how humans come up with things. It's so great. Balls was a curse word that my dad used, and I've never heard another human being use it that way. Oh, really? Like if he stubbed his toe or something, he would go balls. And in fact, he would like burp speak. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So he would like I can't be, do it. he'd be like going through the fridge, belch, and then in the middle of his belch, say balls, and like that was my dad's thing. He would do that every day. <laughs> Um, we used to read this fantasy series together, uh, the sword of truth series by Terry Goodkind. And one of the characters, the wizard in that his uh, expletive is bags, bags. I bags. found it. And bags, of course, sack balls. Uh, my dad loved that. Cause he's like, I say balls. And he says <laughs> a wizard version of balls. Bag. Um, anyway, so yeah, that's a- entirely believable that Mel Brooks would spill his drink to me and say balls. There's, I had a teacher in high school that would call people bag. <laughs> He'd be like, don't be a bag. <laughs> oh, well. We never really knew what he meant by that. And that's what he means. A sack. <laughs> a sack. Stop being such a fucking sack. <laughs> Sit in your seat. Because <laughs> nobody likes balls. We've talked about this before. Yeah, nobody likes balls. It's not a good thing to be. Uh, but, but space balls we do like. That's right. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a good time with it. Uh, I picked out a lot of my favorite jokes as we go through. Uh, the plot's pretty straightforward. Like, you've got your Han Solo character, which is Lone Star. Lone uh, Star. Barf is Chewy, right? Yeah. Uh, Princess Leia Princess is Vespa. Princess Vespa. Um, C-3PO dot Matrix. And uh, obviously, Darth Dark Helmet is Darth Vader. Yeah. Uh, but really Pre- the- President Scroob is the Emperor. Oh, you think so? I mean, he's the higher up to Darth yeah, Vader. Yeah, that's fair. I didn't, also, I, I didn't I, put that together. And, oh, another joke I didn't realize until last night. Scroob is Brooks spelled backwards. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that until no, just now. Because it's Mel Brooks. Yeah. Um, but the plot's very different from Star Wars, you know? So it's not like an all-out war in this movie, though. Like, they, they want to steal the oxygen from their planet. Like, the Spaceball yeah. planet wants the oxygen from whatever her planet's called. Planet Druidia. Druidia, So Planet Spaceball has an air crisis. (laughs) That's all we need. Uh, Yeah, Planet Spaceball has, you know, absorbed all, they've used all their air and they're facing a crisis, so they want the 10,000 air, 10,000 years of air underneath the air shield of Planet Druidia. And President Scroob has that Perrier that he's hoarding in his office. Ah. That was, uh, that was bottled on Druidia. Did you notice that? I, I, I noticed that this time around, no. like on the logo, it says bottled in Druidia. So of course they want that air. Oh, they they're that, already that, that chronic air. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they've built a, an atmosphere holder around their planet, uh, that has to be hacked into, or you have to have the code. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's only one way to enter in or out of that planet, <laughs> but there's also like a classic princess love, like a Disney type plot where princess Vespa does not want to marry Prince Valium. Uh, Great name. He's a pill. He's uh, always sleeping. <laughs> Where have you been? Yeah, he didn't even notice she was gone. Uh, so she leaves the wedding and gets intercepted by, oh, and then there's Pizza the Hut, perhaps the best joke in this movie. Pizza the Hut. <laughs> You're delicious. He got locked in a car and ate himself to death. <laughs> what a gross puppet. Pizza oh, it's, it's, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. It doesn't it just... look remotely delicious. And he's got that guy that like eats him, his buddy. 
Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah, Vinny. Like that. What joke is that? Like Pizza just- is going out for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he's talking like Scott Hall from WWE. I think it's on purpose that he's like this Blues Brothers type guy, like gangster. But I, I think he's supposed to be like the, the Boba Fett. Or like he analog. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't look like him at all or do anything like Boba Fett. But, I, you know, he's got a gangster that he works with. Yeah, that that's like fair. Jabba's bidding. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, such a gross puppet. It's it's dripping. It's almost worse than Jabba. It's 100% worse than Jabba. But it's, Jabba has that thing with his tongue, especially when he's getting choked. Something about Pizza the Hut's tongue is even worse. And his dead human eyes. And, but you can just see that it's a human in a suit, which almost makes it yeah, weirder. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Oh, I also hate um, Barf's makeup. I just hate it. The, the Like the little doggy eye patch? Yeah, the whole dog thing. Like it's just in the, mostly the lipstick. Because you can, you can just see that it's John Candy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just like. Well, that's intentional. So there was the original design for Barf had an actual almost like Bulldog-esque face mask yeah. to it. But Mel Brooks was specifically like, I'm paying a lot of money for John Candy. I want to see John Candy. Yeah. So they went through like three different drafts of makeup for him and, it, and eventually it just kept getting scaled down because Mel Brooks was like, I want to see John Candy. Yeah, not Candy I'm enough. paying him. Like, why would I, he was, it was very much like, why wouldn't I just pay someone else for much cheaper if we're not going to yeah, see him? We're just going to put somebody in a suit. That's fair. But, uh, but his, his, the cool thing about his. It's like Tom is, Hardy, but the opposite. <laughs> they keep paying for Tom Hardy and just putting him in a mask. <laughs> Fuck it. Hello. <laughs> that, that, the, the barf costume does have like some animatronics to it, like his ears and his tail. The tail, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, apparently John Candy's controlling the tail. Like he's got like a secret controller in his thumb. So John Candy's perf- performing the tail in real time, but then there's like two other dudes who are controlling the ears off offset, off screen. Forgive my naivete, uh, but just to confirm again, now watching it in my thirties, he's feeling up the waitress in that diner with his tail <laughs> on purpose, right? Like he's assaulting her and acting like he can't control the tail. That's the joke, right? Because Lone Star was like embarrassed, and yeah. he was like, ha, 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 "It does what it wants." I, I don't. I don't think he was doing it on purpose. I think his tail does have a mind of its own, but he's also the kind of guy that's like, "Hoo, but it's a lady." Whee! He was just like, "Happy gla- accident." Glad that happened. Kind of yeah. okay. Yeah, it's a little Cause he, better because when he's sitting there and his tail's wagging, he doesn't seem to really even know she's there. And when she says, "Hey, quit it," he does turn around like, "What? Oh, <laughs> sorry." <laughs> yeah. Okay. It is what that's it is. Better. That's better. I'm just yeah. making sure. But he is a he is a hound dog. You know what I mean? <laughs> he is. <laughs> he is. Did you know, like, um, again, this goes back to why this movie is. It loves the material that it's poking fun at is before they even started filming. Mel Brooks sent the script to George Lucas and was like, hey, he like he had he was he's a gentleman. Mel Brooks. He sent him the script. It was basically like, hey, if there's anything you find offensive, please let me know. I'll take it out. And George Lucas was like, I think this is really funny. <laughs> and, and because he sent that to George Lucas first, George Lucas was like, well, why don't you just use my company, Industrial Light and Magic? And so that's why the effects look so. I was going to say the effects for what I was expecting this movie are like pretty decent. Yeah, because they're working with the people who actually made Star Wars. So all the space stuff looks pretty good. Yeah, like it looks of the same quality of at least a new hope, Star especially Wars. at the beginning, that whole bit with the like destroyer that goes on and on and on and on. <laughs> that's such it. a bold way to start the movie, too, because it's like, da, da, OK, da, um, da, da. and then it, it ends in that bumper sticker. We break for no one. <laughs> 
There's it's, a couple good bumper sticker gags. It's one of those things where it like it, it, it keeps going to the point where like, okay, this is going on too long. And then it becomes, then it becomes funny, funny again. again. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, especially once you recognize what's going on. But you, that what I was started to say is that the, that ship looks really good. Yeah. Um, Spaceball one. And some of the um, – there's a couple times where like from a filmmaking perspective, I was like, oh, that's how they did that. Like um, when they – at the end when they destroy the ship and they take off in their own ship, uh, talking about Lone Star and Barf. Barf's like leaning forward and then when he presses – go to get out of there before he like shoots back right but obviously what they did is just have john candy lean in normal time and just speed it up yeah it, and it's clearly what it is but it was like if i was gonna make a space movie i was like that's a brilliant way to do that and yeah. it never would have occurred to me before but now i kind of want to make a space movie and i just would, do that trick i would love to. And, <laughs> or you do the thing like that's old star trek episodes would do where the, everyone's standing there when the ship quote gets hit they all go oh they just uh, yeah. <laughs> flop all over yeah. the set and then you just like <laughs> jiggle the camera yeah and it's like oh shit <laughs> so i was funny. watching a horror movie uh cube that that did that like every time the cubes well i don't want to spoil the movie but the they're Jennifer in a cube Lopez? No, oh, that's the cell, the cell okay. which is a low key and awesome movie with Vincent D'Onofrio. Um, but each of the individual cubes will shake and like it's a low budget horror movie. So you can tell that there's one room and what they did was just shake the camera. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but it's it's like a, a sci fi channel type movie where you're like, that's obviously what they're doing. But it fucking works. Yeah, it works. Yeah. You're willing this suspension of, you know, willing suspension of disbelief. Right. And the cool thing about this the the effects on this uh, movie apparently the because I was watching a behind the scenes documentary that was made in like, like I don't know the late nineties early two thousands, um, but they were saying how this movie had the largest green screen at the time. This is pre volume. Yeah, this is pre volume. <laughs> but they were actually working with what was the largest uh, blue screen. I'm sorry, not green screen, blue screen ever made, and I think it was for that model shot. And I never heard of this before because so many movies have used blue, scre- blue screens, but it, I guess the technology was so new at the time when they went on set with that giant, giant blue screen, they were, they all thought like the special effects people all were worried that the blue screen and the human eye seeing just a giant blue screen would hurt your vision. So everyone on set was given like yellow tinted glasses to quote counteract the, to the damage turn down the blue. Yeah, the damage that the blue screen I like how we cause. use blue light glasses now. Yeah, kind of. And, and like, it's funny because Mel Brooks in the interviews talk about this. Like, obviously, we know now that that's bullshit. <laughs> but I had never heard of that before, that there was a concern that a giant blue screen would damage your ah, eyes just being in that room. Like, it's so blue. Had nobody ever been to the ocean before at this point? I guess. Never one, <laughs> no one ever looked at the sky. Never without sunglasses. What, do you think I'm crazy? <laughs> think I got a death wish? You fool. Uh, yeah, like the bullets look really good, like the laser bullets. I thought the fight, like especially when uh, Vespa goes Rambo on all those guards, like it's pretty good for Rambo. It's like that's a cool kind of scene. Like do, 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 do. Um, the the costume designing is phenomenal, and yogurt like, looks great. Yogurt looks great. Even like the the different space ball, like the background characters, their uniforms like look amazing. I love how they all wear the same like belt buckle that has the President's Group uh, like dime. Uh, belt buckle. Uh, the 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 stormtroopers of the spaceballs all have like butt pad the butt armors. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a really well done movie. Yeah, it's one of my favorite gags is when uh, Vespa escapes with Dot Matrix and they're sitting in the car right afterward and she's telling her, 
you need to go back and honor your father and marry this guy. Just have a headache for 25 years. And it looks like she just looks like Princess Leia and she's listening. But those are her headphones and she's listening to music. What? <laughs> it's it's such a subversion. Yeah. That's one of my favorite jokes. I'll go through a few of my favorites. How about that? We'll do, we'll do that. Um, right off the bat, I am a pun whore. I'm oh, a pun yeah. slut. Oh, we all know that about you. And there's a <laughs> there's a tiny moment at the end of The Crawl um, when it it says uh, something like, unbeknownst to the characters, but knownst to us. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I just, it's so stupid. I loved it so much. I got such a good chuckle. And then, of course, the eye exam bit at the end of that. If you can read this, your eyes are your, fine. Your eyes are fine, yeah. Uh, but yeah. I love that. Uh, this movie also has some incredible line delivery. Rick Moranis is a gem. Oh, I mean, like even not even like talk about Rick Moranis, who is a gem, like he's a superstar. But even like some of the background characters, like the the way they deliver lines is so fucking funny. We ain't found shit. We ain't found even the. That's my favorite moment. Even the dude in the beginning when when Rick Moranis puts on the ring for the first time and the and the one guy goes, "Oh shit!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you don't have to go that hard on that line, but dude, that fucking dude went hard. I'm glad you did. Oh shit! <laughs> uh, there's also the assholes bit. Yeah, <laughs> he's an asshole. Sorry, sir, I know that, but what's best. his name? <laughs> Off the cross-eyed guy. Yeah, <laughs> who made him a gunner? I did. He's my cousin. <laughs> what's your name? He's an asshole. I know that, but what's his name? No, that his is name. Yeah, major asshole. <laughs> How many assholes do we got here? Yo, and like all but one person stands. Yeah, <laughs> there's one not asshole in the background. They're all assholes. I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. Like, ah, oh, that's such a funny little bit. You also, you know, I love meta bits. And oh, yeah. so there's the part where they're delivering exposition at the very beginning and they're going through their whole master plan. We're going to kidnap her and then suck all the air out. Da, 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 da. And then I, right as I'm thinking, that's so lazy just to have this dialogue explaining everything like that. Rick Moranis looks at the camera and goes, everybody got that? <laughs> and I was like, good. That, that makes it okay. Yeah. Right yeah. away. Got to call it out. And then, of course, at one point, they literally watch the Spaceballs movie and fast forward it to see where the princess is. When will then be now? <laughs> Soon. <laughs> but you also get to see all of Mel, Mel Brooks's oeuvre on VHS in the closet there. Yeah. yeah. Um, right next to Blazing Saddles and stuff. Uh, there's a third meta thing that I'm forgetting. Oh, the one that I like is when, uh, for dramatic tension, for a dramatic shot, uh, he's like, only one man would dare give me the raspberries. And he closes his helmet and he goes, Lone Star. And the camera pushes into Oh, and hits him. And hits That's him the one. and knocks him over. Yeah. <laughs> and then everyone in the background just turns and looks at him for a second and then goes back to work. Oh, no, there's a fourth one where during their climactic battle, Lone Star and Dark Helmet, they accidentally kill one of the sound guys. Oh, yeah. And he goes, oh, fuck. <laughs> By the way, like the lightsaber uh, graphics are pretty good, especially when they like, when they get like twisted up together. Yo, like yeah, that, I honestly this is going to make this is going to make me look even more stupid than usual. But I don't know how they did. And I could just Google it and watch documentaries. But I don't know how they did computer graphics pre-1980, pre-1990, yeah. pre-1990. It's, it's honestly all. incredible. They didn't even have operating systems on those computers. So I like what they were doing to make. Computer images, I I just can't fucking fathom. Well, I think they were doing old old school. Like I, 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 I don't know how to use an app to make them, but <laughs> how do you type code? Oh my god, it's so. Uh, if you ever, so I think they're rotoscoping, and if you ever want to know how tedious old school rotoscoping could be, just like look up how they made Tron. It just looks so batshit 
tedious because essentially you're just processing the same film strip over and over again. But like they'll take exacto knives and cut out like, okay, this is the part like this is the lightsaber part. They'll cut that out and then they'll overexpose it in a certain color and then lay that on top of it frame by frame. They're like just it's so insanely tedious. It had to take so long to do. I can't even describe it properly. But yeah, just look up how they made the original Tron and you'll be like, I can't fathom doing that job. That sounds so ridiculous. Yeah, I would have an anxiety attack. Yeah. Because I'm the kind of person where like tiny things that require intense focus, like people find them meditative. Like I enjoy building Legos, but at the same time, I will get like heart palpitations and stuff. If I like focus my eyes on a tiny object too long, I can't even describe it without saying sounding insane. But like when I'm cutting my fingernails, like I have to hurry because I'll get like short of breath and stuff. Cause like the, the, that kind of focus hurts me physically. No. So being an animator is not my bag for sure. Maybe like when people buy those, <laughs> people buy those like adult coloring books to relax and shit. Oh yeah. That is my hell. <laughs> <laughs> that is my personal hell. Or maybe it would benefit me because of my particular mental illness. I don't know. I should try it. I don't know. Uh, so that's, that's just whenever I watch these that's older movies. That's some content that you need to do is like just live stream yourself. Just me on that Twitch, just coloring. Like, oh, I don't have the blue. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> just man rages at coloring book. Um, yeah. Whenever I watch older movies, especially the original Star Wars and stuff, I'm like, I just don't understand. This is 1977. These are computer graphics. What computers? What are we talking about here? <laughs> Because, like, when I was a kid, like, I was, like, slightly pre-Windows for a minute. And, like, those computers were fucking useless unless, you know what I mean? Like, like when, like, chess was like, whoa. And it was just a 2D board. You know, we're, we're talking Pong days. Or, you know, Pong. I don't know, man. Man. It is it is incredible, like, the, the lengths filmmakers went to to get these special effects back in the day. It's it's truly just so innovative and neat. It's basically just a more elevated uh, way of what you were kind of talking about, of, like, shaking the camera. You're just doing very basic things layered on top of one another to hopefully get the, the effect you want. It's really, really, really awesome. Did we figure out what song the, the Jawas were singing, the Dink Dinks? <laughs> that time. Dun, 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 dun. So in my head, dun, dun. I literally wrote it down. I put village people because when they went, dun, dun, I thought, <laughs> young, young man, man. <laughs> there's no need to feel down. I say young, young man. man. <laughs> and I was like, damn, these these ding dinks are getting it. But no. But that is a famous like probably stock song or something like nursery rhyme. It's a version of the Colonel Bogey March by Lieutenant F.J. Ricketts. OK. Oh, so it. it's like a, a Civil War type thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's it. Da, 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 I recognized da, da. it when they were doing that, when they were humming it, but I was like, what the fuck is that? It was bothering me. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. It can be tough out there as we try to navigate the many twists and turns that life throws our way. Not every problem we face has an obvious or easy solution, but talking through these issues can always bring major benefits. So whether you're dealing with a career change, relationship help, or just getting used to your new normal, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. I myself have benefited from therapy. I have benefited from BetterHelp. I was struggling to find myself and figure out who I was 
post-divorce. BetterHelp matched me with an amazing therapist who taught me all about codependency, what it was, and ways I can combat it and realize my whole true self. So if it sounds like therapy is the right move for you, then give BetterHelp a try. It's online, convenient, flexible, and can work with your schedule. Filling out a brief questionnaire is all it takes to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time. To start your own therapy journey, visit betterhelp.com slash streaming things today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash streaming things. <laughs> it's October, and along with the scares, we're bringing our own appreciation for the patrons of Streaming Things, the super patrons especially. We want to give them a special shout-out for the month of October. Thank you so much to Becky the Farmer, Kaylee Sampson, Stanton Valentino, Sunshine, Huckleberry Cauliflower, Optimus, Mike from New Hampshire, Brett X, Emily Scarano, Little Tickler, Svento7, Jay Scramo, A.K. Ashley Ray, Adam Busby, Wendy O'Loughlin, Jason Hawkins, Butthorn, Conrad, Rabbit Dog in a Barbie Car, Jose Ruben Cruz Rodriguez, Charlie Friday, Alexis Adler, Emmy, Joe Velez, Valerie, John Collins, Amber McVeigh, Amanda King, Trisha Bueller, Son, Loving, Mortal, Suzanne Road, Lauren Waller, Jadinklage Morgoon, Jen Robinson, Kalisha Reeves, Aaron Armstrong, Kevin Strother, Jeanette Murphy, Ashley Powers, Stephen the Fifth, Casey McCain, and Enza. Thank you all so much, and back to the show. What, one of my favorite lines is from Dot Matrix. And again, it's a bit they use again in Men in Tights, but she's got to protect the chastity of Princess Vespa. So when her virgin alarm goes off and they start explaining the virgin alarm to the to the characters. It's programmed to go off before you do. It's programmed to go off before you do. I just That's funny. I chuckled. <laughs> I like that line. She's I, talking about ejaculation, Steve. Yes, of course. <laughs> I I really want to give my, uh, props too because we're gonna we're gonna talk about John Candy we're gonna talk about Rick Moranis and all of them but like I really want to give props to uh, George Weiner who plays Colonel Sanders. It's pronounced Weiner. Is it Weiner? I'm just assuming it could be. <laughs> uh, I think he's low key so goddamn. Who does funny. he play? Colonel Sanders. Oh yeah. Uh, his physical like he's such a good straight man to Rick Moranis's dark helmet. Um, they play off each other so well in this movie. There's the, again the scene when the the first uh, space ball gets his nuts crunched. He's like, "No, not that!" Thinking he's going to telepathically oh, he like choke him. He... he like grabs his nuts. So the whole movie, he's like always like Colonel Sanders is always covering his balls. <laughs> yeah, but when that that first time when he when he hurts the first baseball, watch <laughs> Colonel Sanders in that scene. It's so funny. He's just looking off. He's, he like can't watch. He's like yeah. looking away like. And he's got, like, tears in his eyes. <laughs> it's hilarious. And then just the, having a character named Colonel Sanders and you throw in the line, what's the matter, Colonel Sanders? Chicken. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite Sanders moment is when, uh, one of my favorite moments in the movie in general, is when uh, Dark Helmet's playing with his dolls. Yes. And he's, like, you know, pretending like the princess is in love with oh, him. Oh, I find you strangely attractive to Lord Helmet. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> and then he buzzed in. He's like, damn it, why don't you knock? And he, did you see anything? No, I didn't see you playing with your dolls, sir. Good. <laughs> um, that... Just so it's subtle, but I've I fucking loved it. It's just a quick Sanders thing, but I, I just he like you said he played it so straight. Yeah. No, sorry, did not see you playing with your dolls again. Uh, Good. <laughs> just it's so dumb, but also that was me. Like I was probably thirteen or fourteen, still playing with what I called action figures. 
uh, and I, friends would come over to play PlayStation, like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 or whatever, and I would have to sling my Ninja Turtles and Spawn and Ghost Rider action figures off of my bed and then, like, prop an elbow up. Like, uh, don't, don't look over here uh, and just, my toys. Just watching TV. Sliders is on. What's up? What are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Just watching Xena Warrior Princess because no I'm fucking do. cool. Yeah. Uh, you guys want to chill or like I fucking love that shit. I used to have I had so I had a teddy bear growing up. Hell yeah. I slept with that thing until I was 16 years old, baby. Mine like cuddled it or like it was on the bed? Both. <laughs> well, yeah. Like I cuddled it and then it stayed in the bed because sure. that's that's where, where I, it's that's where I cuddled it. Yeah. Uh I still have it. It's behind me actually. It's on the it's on the desk there. I don't know if you can see it. I just see a Vecna. Oh, that go, little teddy? That little teddy bear. Oh, yeah. Look, yeah, look at this thing. Like, that was your childhood cuddle buddy? This my childhood. This was my childhood teddy bear. Oh, it's a chubby one. Yeah. Oh, it looks old. It's old as fuck, man. I've had that this thing crusty. since I was two. That is crusty. Yeah, like look how like... You scared to wash it kind of thing? Oh, well, I'm scared to wash it, but also like I would... Yeah. Like I would rub its arm, this arm specifically. That's why this arm is like so Get fucking worn out. And look yeah. at the like the uh, tag on the bottom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah look at that. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. So this is my my my. What's my its friend, name? Teddy. Because oh, you know I was a genius. <laughs> I was a genius two year old. Yeah, yeah. you should have just. It would be weird if it was named Bill or something. I guess. <laughs> this is Jeremy. This is Frank. <laughs> Gary. Or it has like a like. Oh, little boy, what's your kid's name? Ozymandias. Oh, yeah, freak him out. What's your teddy's name? Nietzsche. <laughs> Nietzsche. <laughs> Frederick Nietzsche. <laughs> I guess we got to talk about the Schwartz. The Schwartz. The Schwartz. Like, I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. It's obviously a dick joke. The Schwartz is a dick joke. Yeah. I think Schwartz is like a unit of measurement. The Schwartz. Uh, relative to a dick, though. Like, it's a joke. <laughs> really? Yeah, like it's 7.5 inches or something as a Schwartz. I don't know. I went down a rabbit hole with Urban Dictionary because um, it it just means like dark or black. Like it's a it's a Yiddish word for that. Basically, because the German word is Schwarz, which is the the color black. Um, but it has evolved to be. It's a blatant dick joke in the movie, and I'm guessing it just means that anyway. That's another thing what I would I wouldn't have gotten as a kid. What is the Schwartz scale? Is a self report measure of general well being and physical health. Oh, okay. Sure. That's, that's a Schwartz scale. Yeah. Schwartz scale. Yeah. I'm a seven on the Schwartz. <laughs> Feeling good. Feel good. <laughs> the Schwartz good. is inside you. Yeah. I, I think that, I don't know. Maybe Schwanz? Is it a Schwanz reference? I don't know, man. Because like Ryan Gosling calls his dick a Schwanz in multiple movies. Um, we're just figuring this out in real we're, time. Yeah, we're, we, this is, we, you know, we're... Crunching numbers right now. We didn't now. do a lot of penis research. I wasn't. I wasn't expecting to get this, this deep on the entomology of Schwartz. <laughs> Etymology. Entomology. Entomology is those tree people. Mm. The study of them. We <laughs> need to have an entmoot. I still think it's a Schwartz. Starting an ent podcast is a a worthy joke in and of itself. And talking like that for a straight hour. Welcome <laughs> to. End moot. <laughs> like and subscribe. We do this joke every six months, but I think Brought it's to great. you by Better, better Help. <laughs> Blue Chew. 
When you have a neighbor that tears down all your friends, <laughs> therapy might be a good option. <laughs> it's about states' rights. <laughs> um, watch the Lord of the Rings coverage for those. Oh, I love those episodes. Um, yeah. What were we talking about? Something about shorts? Uh, penises. Oh, That's penises. Fine. Yeah, so what are your thoughts on the Schwartz in this uh, this movie as a concept? Obviously, it's a play they, on force. They, it's a dick joke. Yeah, yogurt is Yoda. Um, I hate yogurt, even with strawberries. Like, that's... Uh, <laughs> yogurt the wise. Yogurt the magnificent. Please, please. I'm just, just playing plain yogurt. yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you get such a tickle out of that. It's, they very much yada, yada, yada the entire the force aspect in this oh, movie. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a ring. You just need a ring. I mean, Yoda's just like in a tomb sitting there and then he's just, but it's not even, the, I got that out of a crackerjack box, you know, uh, the ring's not even important, even though the ring is important to Dark Helmet. You. That's right. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. And the fact that the Han Solo character uh, has the force, again. Oh, could you imagine if Han Solo had the force? <sighs> Daddy, unstoppable. The galaxy wouldn't be ready. Unstoppable. Yeah. Um, My favorite yogurt bit is the the branding joke? Oh, Mer the f those are merchandising. Those are all throughout the movie. Oh, I know. Like the spaceballs placemat at the end. Spaceballs the placemat. And the spaceballs the toilet paper. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny. But like the whole when he goes through his little run, like spaceballs the coloring book, spaceballs the lunchbox, spaceballs the flamethrower. The kids love this one. <laughs> and, and also the the coloring book, and I think the lunchbox too is just. It's just a Transformers coloring book and Transformers lunch pail with space balls, like a sticker slapped on it. And they name drop Transformers <laughs> later, too. It's a Transformer. Like, I don't know how that's okay. And they also call they, out they Star, call Trek Star Trek specifically. Yeah, yeah. Snotty, beam me down. <laughs> and then he's just walking he, to the next he, room. He legitimately says, like, well, it works on Star Trek. Yeah. 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 I was, like, taken aback at Which, that. Which, that's a great gag. The whole, like, he, he gets beamed over, his ass is backwards. I didn't know my ass was so big. <laughs> They're all snickering. <laughs> you like he takes the opportunity to scratch that itch back there, but then he, they beam him back and he just walks. They're in the, the whole next time room. The whole just time. the next room. <laughs> what was the twins thing? With? It's, a, it's a double mint gum joke. Okay. Yeah, because that was. I mean, you have to think. Oh, like, he's like chew your gum. That's yeah, right. Chew your gum. <laughs> double the freshness, double the fun. So of Mel, Mel Brooks the, plays yogurt and Scrooge, right? Yes, correct. So apparently, make sure. uh, uh, so that he Mel Brooks in the commentary was saying like. The, he had he found he found it incredibly difficult to be yogurt because he's got to be in that makeup, which apparently gave him like a really bad rash. So they couldn't shoot all the yogurt scenes back to back to back. Like they would shoot like yogurt scenes one day and then have to take like a week shooting other stuff before they could do yogurt again because he would just break, break out. out and stuff. And also he's on his knees the whole time, which he was saying he's like I wear pads, but I still hurt. Yeah, hurt I bet a lot. It, yeah, it does. Um, but he I wear pads yeah. and kneel constantly. <laughs> All the time. So let's talk about Rick Moranis' Dark Helmet a little bit. Yeah. The hapless Vader. He's so good because just watching him sort of, he bounces back between like just being completely impotent and not being as threatening as he is. But then sometimes if you watch him in the background, if you could tell like if he's feeling stupid in the moment, just the way he's looking around like insecurely is so gold. He's so good at this role. Especially his like animosity toward the president. Yeah. Like I told you not to keep your face mask down when you're around. I can't tell if you're making faces. <laughs> immediately is sticking his tongue out. Yeah, and pretends he's just ah, like licking his cheek. Ten thousand years of air. The way he's running things, it won't last a hundred. Yeah. What? <laughs> what do I do? I can't make a decision. I'm a president. 
Um, some and good political jokes in there. And his like relationship, we kind of touched on his relationship with Colonel Sanders, but the whole thing where like every, he's always giving orders, and Colonel Sanders like prepare, prepare to fast forward, preparing to. Fa- Why are you always preparing? Just go. Sit down, sir. Nah, buckle this. <laughs> yeah, they've got a they've got a fun little duo thing going, on. and I love his whole like little man syndrome vibe that he, they've got pinned on to Vader, where everybody is legitimately terrified of him, but he's also a goof. Yeah, um, he's totally inept. Uh, like the whole, his whole entrance is great because he looks stupid as shit with that giant helmet, but they're trying to pretend that it's menacing. Shorts. Yeah. And then and the bow tie, he's wearing a tie or not a bow tie. He's just, just wearing a tie. tie. Yeah. yeah necktie. And they've got like that breathing noise, the iconic Vader breath. And then he's like, I can't breathe in this. And so the whole shtick is that like, he just can't breathe in the helmet, which is why he makes that noise. He's struggling. Yeah. Um, I think it works really well, especially, you know, Rick Moranis at the time was at the height of his powers. I mean, this is Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves, Honey, We Shrunk the Kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, the uh, the cult classic, I am forgetting its name, but it is very famous. It is about a Venus flytrap. It is a musical. Oh, A Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, we're talking Little Shop of Horrors. Oh All of this gosh. is around this time, you know. Feed oh, me. Ghostbusters, right? Oh, yeah. He was everywhere. Are you the gatekeeper? <laughs> <laughs> strange Brew. We got any Strange Brew fans out there? Oh, uh, well, I've never seen it. I've never seen it either, but apparently it's really great. I bet there's a lot of strange brew friends it's in he our in, uh, Discord. John Can- is John Candy in it? More I Candy? John- I thought John Candy was in it. Speaking of Ma- Jesus, Max Wayne. von Sado's in that. What the fuck? I've got to watch Strange Brew. Hey, speaking of Star Wars, hell yeah! This will begin to set things right. <laughs> That's my Max von Sado from. Star I thought Wars. that was Michael Caine. My cocaine. <laughs> my cocaine. My cocaine. <laughs> he still begin to set things right. I wish I Michael Caine was in Star Wars. Could you, oh man, could you imagine? It's just, he's just would he be a droid or just like a a flummoxed shop owner that just happens to live in the universe? Every time the stormtroopers come down into my <laughs> shop, I can't sell a single thing. <laughs> <laughs> the taxes are outrageous. It's outrageous. If I could have one little sit down between me and Mister Palpatine, I would tell him a thing or two. Mm-hmm. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Killian Murphy? He's always near me, I feel like. Can I tell you something that's going to blow your mind? Yeah. Because it blew mine, my mind. Um, so Spaceballs, the movie, mm-hmm. much like most movies, also has a novelization. Uh, Spaceballs, the book, is what it's called. <laughs> I wonder Which how I think funny that is to read. Probably pretty funny. Probably. Um, if you look at... At the writer, the person who actually made the novelization for this movie, is a writer named Jovial Bob Stein. He sounds like a happy chap. No, he's jovial. Mm-hmm. Uh, jovial Bob Stein kit is also known as, more famously, R.L. Stein. Fucking crazy. Yeah. I didn't know he did anything other than the Goosey Bumps. Apparently, yeah. Because there's he, a lot of Goosey Bumps. There are a ton of Goosey Bumps. And then whatever that horror series after the Goosey Bumps he made. <gasps> Fear Street. Is it Fear Street? Well, there's Fear Street is an R.L. Stein story that I fucking love those movies on Netflix, by the way. There's yeah. horror films, Fear Street trilogy. But actually, the, the novelization is famous for one reason, and that is because it actually reveals the names of the Dinks. Oh, like their the, actual dink, names. Dink, dink, what dink, are their dink. names? Name the Dinks. Well, well, I'm glad you asked. It's Kim. time for our newest game show. Name that Dink. Name that Dink. Is it Rinky Dink? Blinky Dink? Stinky Dink? Blinkin'. Pinky Dink. Stinky Dink. Pinky Dink. Or Winky Dink. Are those are all options or those are all the Dinks? Those are the Dinks. 
Those are all the dink names. Pinky, stinky, According to the rinky, winky, blinky. Rinky, blinky, stinky, pinky, finky, and winky. <laughs> all right. Which one of those is your favorite? I mean, obviously, rinky dink. <laughs> I'm a lover of puns. Rinky dink is really good. That's I think my, rinky dink. Yeah, that's my favorite one, too. It's either rinky or uh, winky. <laughs> winky dink. Dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. These Jawas are just nice, though. They just hydrate them mm-hmm. and lead them to yogurt, right? Yeah, they, they, they're they friends of yogurt. Jawas steal all your shit. Oh, yeah. They, notoriously, they're They would have just made off yeah. with Dot Matrix. Udini! Yeah. <laughs> but I love how the, the dinks are, like, wearing, like, bedazzled robes or, like, shiny, glittery mm-hmm. robes. They look very, very cool. And I love it reminds the, me of Dune. I love the pun when uh, the dinks find our heroes and Lone Star wakes up. And he's like, when do we get to Disneyland? Because they're wearing, like, the... That that the, I assume it's a joke on Fantasia, like the, the uh, outfit that Mickey Mouse wears. I assume it could be wrong, but yeah. And then yeah, they take him to yogurt, 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 just plain yogurt. Uh, uh, is this your favorite of the Mel Brooks movies? Yes, personal. Uh, it's either this or the producers, the musical producers. Because mm. um, I've seen that. I'm a huge fan of the musical. I don't really like the movie, the producers, the one from the seventies. That's the one with oh seventies, really. I think uh, maybe maybe I'm wrong on that date, but Gene Wilder's in it. I thought there was like a Matthew Broderick, Nathan Lane one or something. That's the musical. Yeah. Okay. So the musical is based off the movie that came out way earlier. Mm. Um, But I I, that doesn't count then. Right. Or is it a Mel Brooks musical? It's a Mel Brooks musical as well. He 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 wrote all the I've never story. He wrote the songs. I might be blazing saddles. Oh, wow. the, The original movie, The Producers, is made in 1967. Wow. Yeah, that was one of his earlier work. I remember we looked it up during Men in Tights. That was one of his earlier works. Yeah. I think that was one of his first. Uh, apparently, <laughs> speaking of Gene Wilder, apparently um, Mel Brooks wanted Gene Wilder to play Yogurt. Oh, that would have been great. Yeah. Yogurt, well, yogurt or President Scroob. Like he says like the only reason he's both those characters is because he couldn't get Gene Wilder. Gene said no. Yeah. But I think Gene Wilder would have been an incredible President Scroob. But I think you need to have Mel, Mel Brooks be Yogurt. Yes. Like he's the perfect Yogurt. Yes. The Schwartz. The like, Schwartz. What a wild, what a wild. Oh, that, that, <laughs> it doesn't even to this moment make sense to me, but that, I don't even remember the context, but I lost it because it's so. May the Schwartz be with you. And he's just what, fading well, out. What a wild, what a wild. Like that. <laughs> was just, I lost it. That was great. Um, but yeah, Gene Wilder would have been a great um, president for sure. Absolutely. The Scrooge name would be less cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, president Lair. Lairdua, his name oh, Wilder wow. backwards, yeah. I mean, Scroob isn't a direct parallel backwards either, but it's like obviously the last name. But oh, yeah, an it's an anagram, not yeah. a backwards. Yeah. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I said it was backwards. <laughs> I'm the idiot one. No, but then I was like, it verified, ran it through my brain. <laughs> it is. Blue check mark. <laughs> <laughs> Who's giving those away? The, uh, I was listening to the DVD, or uh, I don't think it was the DVD commentary. I think it was just the like a the documentary. But yeah, I had it in my ear, and I heard the ocean. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was the documentary. Bill Pullman was talking about how so that big uh, yogurt set when they walk in, you get the the statue of yogurt, and it's on fire, and it's all spooky, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Bill Pullman was saying that that's that soundstage they were on where they built that set was the same soundstage that they filmed all of Wizard of Oz in. And that set, the the yogurt set, was the last one they filmed on that soundstage before they tore that soundstage down. 
And so they were saying like how they were like, wow, we're, this is where Wizard of Oz is built. And they were really kind of taking in like the history of being in that place. Yeah. But then it got like torn down immediately after they got done filming, I guess, according to the documentary, which is kind of a f- interesting if it was kind up of that fact. long already, why? Yeah. Yeah. It's well, wild. Like, why would you tear down sound stages? They're just big, empty buildings, right? Yeah. Know. Well, if you're going to maybe plant a garden. <laughs> the new like uh owner like would it be the warner brothers set i forget who distributed right. this but they were like ah we need a garden tear down the historical building <laughs> <laughs> hey, we need more oxygen in here you know what this movie made me think air. of yeah that's what we think of we need some perry air in this bitch uh, oh sorry i have to mention we can't go through space balls without mentioning how hilarious dick van patten is as king roland yeah I love that. I love Dick Van Patten. He's, he's he's hilarious. I love that whole bit where he's like, she's driving a Mercedes SL yes, 2001. That's the best. My cousin owns a dealership in, <laughs> in the Valley. He was got very, a great deal. He was very kind to me, but he's like looking around like, you know, that's not true. <laughs> it's like, we'll give you, uh, we'll get your daughter back. And he's like, if it's not too much trouble, you can save the car. <laughs> Try to save it's the great. car. It's great. It's a Mercedes. I love how the first, like, his, and the his, nose job his, bit too. We're going to give your daughter back her old nose. No. <laughs> and to protect her from that, I will let everyone on my planet die. Mm-hmm. Fair. I mean, fair. I mean, Loves did you daughter. see that nose? It was. Yeah, it was a lot. Boy, howdy. Mm-hmm. Boy, howdy. That would get her in trouble at any Halloween spirit of Halloween store. Yes. You, know what I'm saying? <laughs> you gotta pay for that mask. <laughs> you gotta pay for it. You gotta drop money for that one. Spirit Halloween does not play. With so theft. How do you feel about the ending of this movie? So the the, the space balls, they they get the code. She went from suck to blow. Yeah, and so the, the space ball one transforms into a giant robotic maid with a vacuum cleaner. The mega maid. And it it sucks up, it's sucking up all the air from Druidia. There's even that like Paramount Studios uh bit where it's the the mountain of Paramount that like sucks up the all snow the comes snow. Up. Yeah. And all the trees. Yeah. And they suck, suck, suck. <laughs> But then, the, but but what, who is it? Lone Star who activates the self destruct sequence, and you can't like change it, and until it, they've realized uh, you have ten seconds left to press the reverse button or whatever. But it's out of order. Yeah. Uh, Fuck. Even the future, nothing works. It's it's funny. I mean, some of the worst gags I think are in the, like the whole like the bear because they said there's a zoo. Shut down the zoo and the circus. And so now there's like a bearded lady and a fucking bear, and the bear gets the last pod. Um, oh, bear wave. What's wrong with the seatbelt? Uh, you know. It, I didn't laugh super hard, but it's fun. It's fun to watch. It's fine, you know. I do love that it leads to the last gag where the the, the planet of the apes, the planet of the apes, and like oh, space balls. There goes the planet. Yeah, where <laughs> shit. There goes the neighborhood. <laughs> and they looked really good at first. Like before they talked, it looked like at least identical to the effects in the original yeah. Charlton Heston version. But conveniently, Lone Star is a certified prince. That's what the medallion on his neck is yeah. saying yeah, the whole time. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole movie's like a bunch of convenience. But he's got some liquid Schwartz to put in his gas tank to get to the wedding on time. Yeah. He's kind of at the end of Shrek. Kind of, yeah. And even, there's even like a Lord Farquaad as Prince Valiant because he's got the same haircut and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I bet they would laugh the same. Got the, the far, if I had hair, I'd shave my head. But if I didn't, I'd, I'd rock the Farquaad. Would you really? 
don't you think? Would you put a little, uh, what is it, a beret, that little hat he's On occasion, but not when I'm lounging. Mm. I'd just be far in it. Put it up in pigtails, tiny pigtails. I mean, I... Uh, with some straight bangs. <laughs> that time we all dressed up as Misty's in that Yellow Jackets episode, and you had that Misty wig, and mm. you were, like, letting those locks fly. Yeah. You were feeling yourself. It man. reminded me of when I had long hair. You should grow your hair out again. I've got a six head. It's not even a five head. It looks like uh, we've got Joel McHale at home. That's what I look like. <laughs> That's what I look like. <laughs> Joe McHale from Wish. You, you should find that type of wig and go out for Halloween. A Farquaad? That, yeah, a Farquaad or a Prince Valium. I've been wondering what to be for Halloween this year, for sure. Mm. We could be President Scroob and Colonel Sanders together. Who would be Scroob? Who would be Sanders? I think you'd be Scroob. Uh, I, I could do the little, like, little mustache. President Scroob. Yeah, that's the salute. <laughs> the little hand Their salute. salute's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I had a really good time uh, revisiting Spaceballs. I yeah, want to say same. that. So thank you so much for choosing this movie. It's the kind of movie nowadays, you know, trying to find content all the time and making all the stuff that we make. I wouldn't think to pull Spaceballs off the old shelf. I wouldn't no. have. So I'm glad you I'm glad you picked you, it. You wouldn't go to Mr. Rental and open up the cabinet and view all the VHS tapes and Mm-mm. pick Spaceballs? Mm-mm. But next week, if I'm correct, is... I say this every time. This is legitimately (laughs) this time for sure. I promise you, if I was to make a top 10 list, which I've done for decades, was my number one for many years, or at least the last, you know, it it spent seven or eight years at my number one spot. Mm -hmm. Our film next week, which is Inglorious Bastards from Quentin Tarantino. We have a special guest coming on to discuss the film with us. Um, So I'm hyped for that. And, uh, yeah, so very much looking forward to that uh, conversation. And uh, follow us on all our social medias. Email the show at streamingthingspod at gmail.com. And if you want to make us watch a movie or be a member of these, you know, get all these cool inside jokes on the Discord, go to, to patreon.com slash streaming things. Uh, or if you could, if you want to support the show for free and uh, it takes like 30 seconds, just rate and review the show wherever you're listening to this. That helps us out a lot in Absolutely. the algorithms. You know, and and Kit, uh, there might be some fun changes happening to the show in the very very near future. Maybe, maybe. Do we want to prep talk about those at all? Which ones are we talking about? Just the strike ending. My new outfit. The strike ending. Oh, yeah. I was talking talking about the 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 onesie that I got. Oh, just... uh, the the momper. No, we're hoping. You know, you're listening to this on what Wednesday? Uh, yes, so Wednesday. We may have gotten some great news. I said this last week. I don't, I don't. I'm not a superstitious man. I don't think I jinxed it. But we're recording this on Sunday. The AMPTP and SAG-AFTRA are meeting again uh, for their scheduled meeting tomorrow, Monday. Um, and they scheduled the Monday meeting last Wednesday with a Friday negotiation in between. So it feels like they're making some progress. And they knew that they were making headway. And so they had already scheduled the denouement, if you will. So hopefully a new contract is is waiting on being verified and ratified as we're as you're listening to this. But again, I don't want to. I don't know. I'm not an expert at all. I just cannot imagine that the, the you're not in the prediction business. No, I just I, I think as we're listening to this, the odds are as we're recording this, the odds seem pretty high. If I'm being a, a hopeful person, which I typically am, that the strike will be over or up almost there. And so back to lost coverage. Yes. So we'll be doing lost. And uh, our patron movie, our patron demanded movie each week uh, for the foreseeable future with the occasional, you know, hey, we watched this show that just came out. We loved it. Let's do a whole episode talking about the season or our thoughts on it or whatever. Yeah. Kind of like how we review a movie. We'll spend a half an hour giving overall thoughts and then we'll get into some spoiler discussions on maybe a whole season of television. I'm not sure. 
we'll be taking votes and emails and requests on what to what big thing to cover less uh, next instead of or in addition to Lost. But we're going to finish season one of Lost, see where we're at with that, and uh, and make plans for the future. That's the plan for now. Oh yeah, exciting, exciting stuff. Uh, but until then, I've got to go return some videotapes. My name is Kit. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things. Happy streaming. Spaceballs?